fire in this place.
But you guys remember that last week when we finished, I said today was a special day. And a lot of you were thinking, oh, it's a birthday. Humble <laughs> pastor. <laughs> but no, actually, that's not the case. Today is a special day because it's Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to touch briefly on what that is. And even though it's more of a Jewish holiday, it's more known or seen as that, there is something in Rosh Hashanah that applies to us. The Jewish community gets together today for two days. Listen, we complain for being in church for two hours. They're in church for a full day. Rosh Hashanah is actually the second longest service that the Jewish community has. It's literally for a full day. They're inside church praising. They're inside church worshiping. For a full day. Yeah, we get uncomfortable and anxious when we sit at church for two hours. <clears throat> but what's important about this 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 holiday is that they come and, and for them Rosh Hashanah is actually the beginning of a new year. Right? In the Gregorian calendar, the Jewish community sees this month as the beginning of the new year. So even though for us that doesn't apply, there's something very important that they do. Not only do they reflect on the past year, but they come before God to ask for one key thing that maybe some of us take lightly of. That is not preached too much nowadays in church. And that is repentance. Not only do they reflect on the year that they've had, but they come before God to ask for repentance for the wrong that they've done to their brothers and sisters to forgive them and to expect a better year for this upcoming year. And that caught my attention. Because how many of us do we really repent for the things that we do? And I'm going to give you a perfect example. In order to repent, there's something that has to take place. You have to have some sort of connection to God. And so if you have disconnected from God, you cannot repent to a God that you don't know. Your I'm sorry and your Lord forgive me when you don't have a daily communication with God mean nothing. There has been a disconnection between you and God. And so no matter how much you try your repentance is not authentic. Give yeah. an example. You ever had an issue with somebody at work? Maybe an argument, whatever it might be. 
quizás una pelea. Y dices, eh, perdón. Y dos o tres días después, vuelven a hacer lo mismo. Perdóname. Y dos o tres días después, de nuevo. Perdóname. Pero después es algo personal. Dos o tres días después, ya viene del perdón. Ahora estoy en serio, estoy perdóname. Really sorry for the same thing you've done four straight times. ¿Cómo es que tú estás cada vez más en serio por pedir perdón? How can you truly be sorry? How can you truly repent for something that you continue to do every two or three days? ¿Cómo es que puedes estar arrepentido por algo que continúas haciendo? And so that catches my attention. How many times do we come before God? ¿Cuántas veces nosotros venimos antes de Dios? And we ask God, I'm sorry. Y le decimos, perdóname. Or Lord, forgive me. O por favor, perdóname. Pero continuamos pecando. We continue to make the same mistakes. Continuamos haciendo los mismos errores. We continue to talk down on our brothers and sisters. Seguimos hablando de hermanos y hermanas. We continue to talk down on ourselves. Y hasta uno, hasta nosotros mismos. We receive a word from God. We receive a blessing from God. Recibimos una palabra de Dios. Una then we speak the opposite of what God says. Pero hablamos el opuesto de lo que dice Dios. But Lord, I'm sorry. Pero decimos, perdóname. I didn't mean to say that. No quise decir eso. But we truly repented. En realidad estamos arrepentidos. Estamos en realidad arrepentidos. Escuche. El título del sermón. Reencuentro. Arrepentimiento. Reclamar. Because. In order for you to have repentance. Para tú poderte arrepentir. You gotta go back to the beginning. You've got to go back to your initial connection with God. There has been a disconnection between you and God. You've got to go back to your first love. You've got to go back to the time where you would do everything for God. There was no but this or but that. It was you were sold out completely for God. So you have to re-encounter God all over again. Because when you put that word re in front of something, it means you have to do it all over again. Come on, somebody. So you may not have had an encounter with God. And I hope you did if you're sitting here this morning. But maybe you've lost something along the way. Maybe you've lost the fire. Maybe you've lost the passion. Tiene que tener un nuevo encuentro. You need to have a reconnection with God all over again. Una reconexión con él de nuevo. So then when things happen, para cuando sucedan las cosas, when you make mistakes or you sin, o cometas errores o pecados, you can have repentance. Puedes arrepentirte. It's a genuine repentance. Es un arrepentimiento for what you're doing. Por lo que hiciste. And then once that happens, cuando eso sucede, reclaim. Dios no solamente te dice ven y ya todo está bien. ¿Qué le pasó al hijo pródigo? He took all his things. Él tomó todas sus cosas. He squandered everything, wasted away everything. Gastó todos sus pertenencias. When he came to his senses. Cuando vino a su mente, I'm going to go back to my father. Regreso a mi padre. Come on, I'm going to go back to my father. Regreso a mi padre. I'm going to have a re-encounter with my father. Voy a tener un re-encuentro con 
And what does the Bible say? That the father was already waiting for him with the best robe, with a ring, with sandals, and a feast for days. That is your father. That is God. Connection with 
with God. So when you do something that you're not supposed to do, and you repent authentically, God rewards. You reclaim. Pick up those things back that were once stolen. You reclaim those things that God promised you and God gave you because of your authentic and genuine repentance. This morning we're going to go into a story. Into a book that probably half of the people here have no idea what book this is. But it's a powerful book. It's a very good story, this book. And that's the book of Ezra. Go with me to the book of Ezra. It's right after Chronicles in the Old Testament. If we can put up Ezra 9, please. Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. Ezra capítulo 9. And we're going to read from 1 to 15. And I'm going to stop and break it down in between. God's with me so far. Amen. I'm going to describe who Ezra is briefly before I go into the story. Here in the story, again, the Israelites are in disobedience. They have been given freedom. They're returning to Jerusalem. And what happens? Once they tasted their freedom, they go crazy all over again. And I wonder how many of us, once God frees us from certain things, we go crazy all over again. Right? God sets you free from something you've been dealing with. And the first thing you do, instead of praising God for what he did, you run back into the same sin you were involved in. And so what, that's exactly what the Israelites did. God gave them specific instructions when they would get back to Jerusalem of what they needed to do. And then they completed the opposite. So he calls his prophet Ezra. And he says, come over here. I'm going to give you these instructions. And I need you to take my people and make them follow these instructions. I need you to enlighten them because it seems to be that what I have set them free from, they're going right back to it. And so Ezra comes. Here's the Israelites reaching Jerusalem. And we pick up on chapter 9, verse 1. And look what happens right at the beginning. Repeat the word in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Chapter 9, verse 1 says, When these things were done, the leaders came to me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land. With respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of those lands. Indeed, 
the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. That's the New King James Version. Let's look at the NIV. It says at the ending of verse 2, And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. Time out. Wait a second. Let's go back to verse 1. After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, The leaders came to me and said, But then these are the same leaders at the end that were involved. So the leaders are snitching on their own people. You have to be careful who you surround yourself with. Not everybody you come across is a friend. There's a word called acquaintance. Those you don't know. Because kids call the person they meet friend right away. But us as adults, we need to use a little bit of wisdom. God is the only one that adds and takes away from our lives. So if God is trying to take somebody away from your life, do not try to hold on to that person. Or try to add to your life what doesn't need to be added. Lo que no necesita estar ahí. God knows the time and the place where he needs to add and needs to take away. But what happens? A lot of us lean too much on these people or put our trust so much into them that when God says it's time to go we can cut the umbilical cords. The leaders threw the Israelites under the bus. To Ezra, they said, look, these people, they took their daughters and their sons as wives and husbands. And so, here they are, the same people that were leading the Israelites into Jerusalem and along with Ezra throwing the Israelites under the bus. Why? Why would you do such a thing? And why would we allow certain things? Why do we allow people to do that to us? Why do we do that to other people? That's why God called me this morning to pray for one another. Because I feel that the church is in a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And the church needs to come together. We are the one that needs to come together as one body to impact the world. If we don't do it, that we're called to do it, who's going to do that? So here are the leaders throwing the Israelites under the bus. Continue to read on verse 3. 
It says, when I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness to the exiles. And I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. Verse 5. Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from myself a basement with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord God and prayed. I am too ashamed and disgraced my God, to lift up my face to you, because our sins are higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached the heavens. This is powerful. Ezra was such a shame of what was going on already in Jerusalem. That he couldn't even look at God while he prayed. That's how ashamed he was that he couldn't look at God to pray. Así de estaba, que no podía mirar el rostro a Dios. And you want me to tell you something? Que le diga algo? You and I sometimes are no different. Yeah. Y a veces tú y yo no somos nada Because the sin that we may be involved in, el en, en cual estamos, we try to drag somebody in to justify the sin that we're in because of that person. We try to justify our sins because of them is that I'm in this sin. We don't take responsibility for our actions. Ezra was different. Ezra took it personal. He says, I am so sorry, Lord. That the same people that you've taught, you told me to bring back to Jerusalem are committing all these sorts of sins. But their leaders are saying it's because of them that we're in the position that we're in. But it was the leaders that were leading them into the same place. Last time I checked, a leader leads people. So that tells me if the Israelites were in sin, so were the leaders. But they came at the end of verse 2 to Ezra to justify the sin they were in because of the rest of the crew. Why? Because since that, though they were the leaders, they knew Ezra was going to pay attention to them. He wasn't going to pay attention to the multitude. He was going to pay attention to the leaders. So they try to justify their sin through the rest of the people to Ezra. I want you to think of that for a second. Have you been placed in that position? Or maybe the sin that you're involved in, the sin that you've done, you try to justify with somebody else. Have you come before God and said, Lord, it's because of him or because of her that I'm in the position that I am? Have you tried to do that? Verse 7. From the days of our ancestors until now, our guilt has been great. 
because our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings as it is today. But now for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and giving us a firm place in the sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair his ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 10. But now, our God, we can, we can, what can we say after this? But we have forsaken the commands. You have, through your servants, the prophets, when you said, the land you're entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of its people. By their disabled practices, they have filled it with their impurity from one and to the other. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons, or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time, that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave to your children as an everlasting inheritance. 13. What has happened to us is the result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserve and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we then break your commands again and enter with the people who commit such disabled practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us a remnant or survivor? Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left to stay as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it not, one of us can stand in your presence. And this is verse 15, what I want you to understand for a second. Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt. Though because of it not, one of us can stand in your presence. There was the disconnect that the Israelites had that they couldn't stand in the presence of God. They were so ashamed of what they had done. So ashamed of the sin that they were in from, from, the, uh, from the command that God had given them that they, there was no connection to God. They couldn't repent, in other words. And so this is the first point. This was when they went back to reconnect with God. This is when they went back to reconnect with God. There was a, real, a realization that there was a disconnect when they saw Ezra praying and Ezra couldn't even lift his face up because they were so in so much sin he understood that the Israelites had had a disconnect with God and even though God had brought them back out of bondage into freedom back into Jerusalem they were still in disobedience so here in verse 15 they recognized that there was a disconnect between them 
Y aquí él se dio cuenta que había una desconexión entre ellos. Y que tenían que volverse a conectar Tenían que volverse a, con a conectar con Dios para poder lograr el arrepentimiento y volverse a y volver a reclamar con ellos. So this is the first part of the Israelites reconnecting with God. Esta es la primera parte de los israelitas reconectándose con Dios. Because they realized they were doing something wrong. Porque se dieron cuenta que hacían algo incorrecto. And that is the first thing I want you guys to catch. Y eso es lo primero que quiero que ustedes se den. You have to realize. Tienen que darse cuenta. That you're in sin. Que están en pecado. Or that you're doing something wrong. O que estás haciendo algo mal. In order to go back to reconnect. Para ir de nuevo a reconectar. Because as long as you're involved in that sin. Porque mientras que estás en el pecado. I don't care how much you try. To come before God and repent. There's still, there's still a, a disconnect between you and God. There's still something that's not authentic that's coming from the heart. That even though God is looking at you, He's saying, why does he repent still in the midst of his sin? Why does he repent and continue to sin? Is he truly repenting for his sin? They're saying you can you trip on the rock once, but don't trip on the second or third time because now you know what you're doing. You might have made a mistake once. But you have to come into your senses. You have to realize that what you're doing ain't right. In order to go back to reconnect with God. To be able to repent. And have God listen to your repentance. Have God answer what you're asking for. A lot of people ask for forgiveness or ask for God to free them from something and they continue to do it over and over and over. Do you want freedom or do you want just temporary satisfaction? Muchos piden que Dios les dé libertad de sus pecados, pero continúan haciendo lo mismo una y otra vez. ¿Tú quieres libertad? Or you, do you just want to have some temporary satisfaction? Say it feels good. I'm away from it, but if next week I'm gonna go back to it again. ¿O quieres temporalmente tener satisfacción y decir que estás arrepentido y de nuevo regresarte a lo mismo? Hello. Let's continue to read Ezra 10. Continuamos leyendo Ezra 10. Ezra 10, one and two. El número dos. Now, while Ezra was praying and while he was confessing, weeping, and bowing down before the house of God, a very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel. For the people wept very bitterly. This is important. Please follow this. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, spoke up and said to Ezra, we have trespassed against our God, and I have taken pagan wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel in spite of this. That's powerful. Because at the ending of chapter 9, 
Al final del capítulo in verse 15, versículo they start coming to their senses that what they were involved in was wrong. And here at the beginning of, verse, of chapter 10 in verse 1 and 2, here comes Ezra again to pray, to intercede for the people that were in sin. But what happens? Now the people that were in sin have turned away from their sin and are paying attention to what's going on in the middle. Y están prestando atención a lo que está sucediendo. Before they were so involved in their sin that they didn't care when Ezra was bowing down and praying. They didn't care about it. Antes cuando estaban ellos en pecado no, no les importó cuando Ezra estaba orando. But see something happened when Ezra did that. Pero algo sucedió cuando Ezra hizo eso. Because Ezra was not involved in their sin. Porque Ezra no estaba en el pecado. God heard the prayer of Ezra. Dios escuchó la oración Answer. de Ezra. Changed the hearts of the Israelites. So they returned away from the sin they were in. Reconnect with God. And now in chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, then realizing, wait a second, the sin is not what I want. I need to see what Ezra is doing. So now they start surrounding Ezra. And start becoming part of the same prayer. Son parte del mismo wow. oración de Ezra. You know what's taking place right here? ¿Sabe qué está sucediendo aquí? Repentance. Arrepentimiento. This is true repentance. Esto es arrepentimiento Because they turned back away from the sin that they were in. Porque dejaron el pecado que estaba. Came together. Se unieron. The same way we came together this morning. De la misma que el mes que nos unimos. And now they started to repent for what they were doing. Y empezaron a arrepentirse por lo que estaban haciendo. They started confessing. But they believed in their heart. Isn't that what the Bible says? If he's your Lord, you will confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. So now the Israelites have a change of heart. And say, wait a second, this is not what God freed me from. To bring me back to Jerusalem so I can go back into sin. He freed me so I can come into Jerusalem to freedom to praise his name. Look what Jeremiah says. Go to Jeremiah 34, 15, 16. 34. 15, 16. 15, 16. And we'll go back to Ezra after. Jeremiah 34, 15, 16 says, Then you recently turned and did what was right in my sight, every man proclaiming liberty to his neighbor, and you made a covenant with me in the house which I called by my name. Verse 16 says, Then you turned around and profaned my name, and every one of you brought back his male and female slaves from you had set as liberty at their pleasure and brought them back into subjection to the male and female slaves. What I want you to grab there is the first part of verse 16 where it says, then you turned around and profaned my name. This is exactly what the Israelites did. They were free. Bring back to Jerusalem. But the second they got there, they basically spoke against what God had just done. 
hablaron contra lo que Dios había acabado de hacer. When you have a reencounter with God, cuando tienes un reencuentro con Dios, and you repent authentically, y, y te arrepientes sinceramente, you have to see that sin. Tienes que darte cuenta que el pecado, the way God sees that sin, tienes que ver el pecado de la misma manera que Dios ve ese pecado. You know why? ¿Sabes por qué? Because if you go back to the sin, porque si regresas al mismo pecado, lo que le está diciendo a Dios es que ese pecado te satisface más de lo que Él te satisface. Por eso es que tu arrepentimiento tiene que ser de todo corazón. Porque en otras palabras, de lo que te estás llenando es la sinful nature that you were involved in at one point in time. Es de ese mismo pecado de que estabas involucrado. That's why I said if your repentance is not authentic, por eso es que dije si tu arrepentimiento no es sincero. God sees you. Don't get me wrong. Dios te ve. But He knows what you're filled up. Pero él sabe de lo que estás lleno. What happened to Jesus at the cross? ¿Qué le pasó a Jesús en la cruz? Then His Father turned away from Him. Su padre le miró la cara. Why? ¿Por qué? Porque estaba lleno del pecado del mundo. Y si tú sigues llenando de el pecado de este mundo, llegará un día que el Padre también tirará la cara de ti. Y te permitirá ahogarte en tu propia pecado. Porque a Dios no se le puede buscar. People might try to say I'm sorry over and over and over and over. Quizás puedes pedir perdón una y otra vez. If you're not authentic, you're going to realize it. Pero si no es sincero, te vas a dar cuenta. You can try to repent over and over and over and over. Tú puedes arrepentirte una y otra vez. But if you don't mean it, God also realizes it. Pero si no es sincero, Dios también lo sabe. So we have to stop allowing the sin itself to fill us. Tenemos que parar que el pecado nos llene. Instead of us filling ourselves. And that's exactly what was happening here at the beginning of chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. The Israelites said, wait a second. I'm free. Why am I going back to bondage? Not only they got set me free. Not only did he set me free. No solamente él me hizo libre. But he's bringing me back to Jerusalem. Pero me trajo de vuelta a Jerusalén. He's bringing me back to where I need to be. Me está trayendo de vuelta donde tengo que estar. No solamente eso. But I have a leader. Pero tengo un líder. I have somebody that's interceding for me. Tengo alguien que intercede por mí. So just in case along the way I may fall or trip over something. Por si acaso en algún momento me desvío. This person can enlighten me of what I'm doing. Esta persona me puede ayudar. But I have to realize that if I'm doing something wrong, I have to recap. Pero me tengo, que dar, me tengo que dar cuenta que si estoy haciendo algo mal, tengo que arrepentirme. The needs to be there la conexión tiene que estar ahí for the to be para que el arrepentimiento sea sincero. You know what means? ¿Saben lo que es arrepentimiento? It's not just no es solamente rendimiento, como muchos creen. It's a es una... Es un, es un arrepentimiento sincero o remorse o remordimiento is the byproduct listen to this is the byproduct of a heartfelt conviction es el producto de un de una convicción de todo corazón it has to happen in here tiene que suceder aquí 
Christ has to happen in here. It just cannot be in words. It has to happen in here. No puede ser solamente de palabras. Tiene que estar en el corazón. You know what the name Ezra means in Hebrew? ¿Saben lo que significa la, la palabra Ezra en hebreo? Help. Ayuda. Ain't that funny? The same people that God set free Los mismos que Dios liberó and is bringing to Jerusalem y traen a Jerusalén. puts this prophet in front of them Ezra or help o ayuda. to get them to reconnect para que ellos vuelvan a conectarse so they can authentically repent para que ellos auténticamente se arrepientan so they can reclaim para volver a reclamar everything that they lost in the midst of the disobedience todo lo que perdieron en su desobediencia Ezra, Ezra was doing something that the Israelites didn't even notice estaba haciendo algo que los israelitas no se dieron cuenta by Ezra kneeling down and praying porque Ezra se arrodilló y oró he was telling them él le decía a ellos that he's greater in the sin that they were in. And what happens? Once they realized that, they turned away from the sin. They joined Ezra in a group and began to do the same thing Ezra was doing. They turned their backs from sin and began to praise God for who he was. So the prophet and help el profeta ayuda was doing exactly what he was called to do. Estaba haciendo exactamente lo que fue llamado a hacer. The Israelites didn't even know what he was. Y los israelitas ni sabían. The Israelites didn't even know what he was. Psalms 9710 says, You who love the Lord hate evil. Tú que amas al Señor odias el mal. You who love the Lord hate evil. You have to hate sin, church. Tienes que odiar el pecado. You have to hate sin. You cannot see sin or try to justify sin. No puedes tratar de justificar el pecado. Sin is sin. El pecado es pecado. It's not little. It's not big. Sin is straight sin. No es ni pequeño ni grande. Es pecado. That's something that people do. Eso es algo que muchos hacen. My sin is not as bad as his. Mi pecado no es tan malo como el de él. Therefore, you know, God likes me more. Por eso Dios me quiere a mí más. Lord, don't judge me the same way you're going to judge him. No me juzgues a mí de la misma manera que Can you have some sort of mercy in my life? Look what he's doing. Look what she's doing. That's exactly what the leaders did at the beginning of verse of chapter 9. He threw the Israelites under the bus. They're trying to justify the sin that they were in because they were the leaders. Well, there's more than the multitude is the one that's committing everything. We're, we're trying to depart from them. Sin is sin, church. You have to hate evil. You have to hate sin and love God. What Ezra wanted was the Israelites to hate sin and, and see sin the same way that God did. Lo que Ezra quería es que ellos odiaran el pecado y que vean el pecado lo mismo de la misma manera que Dios lo ve. Que el pecado son estas cinco cosas. 
Es malo. Es rebelión. Es rebelión. Brings pride. Trae orgullo. It's hateful. Eh, es hiriente. And most of all, it's hurtful. Y más que nada, es, es doloroso. All those things sin causes. Todas esas cosas lo que causa el pecado. And my third point. Y el tercer punto. Let's go back to Ezra. Regresamos a Ezra. Chapter 10. Capítulo 10. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. And here is where now the repentance y aquí es donde viene el leads y lleva into reclaiming. A reclamar. So they reconnected at the end of, of chapter 9. Ellos reconectaron al final del capítulo 9. They repented at the beginning of chapter 10. Arrepintieron al principio del capítulo 10. Now verse 3 and 4 is the reclaiming. Y ahora van a reclamar. That's with me. Amen. 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 Now therefore let us make a covenant with our God to put away all these wives and all those who have been born to them according to the advice of my master and of those who tremble at the commandments of our God. And let it be done according to the law. Remember last week, my wife preached about the law and there were specific things that we do still have to follow. Verse 4. Arise, for this matter is your responsibility. For also are with you. Be of good courage and go do it. Here we see how by them re-encountering God. Aquí vemos que eh, al re tener un reencuentro con Dios. And repenting authentically at, at the beginning of chapter 10. Y tener un arrepentimiento de todo corazón. They reclaim their lives back. Pueden reclamar sus vidas de nuevo. It speaks of a covenant. Habla sobre un pacto. Right? It speaks of a covenant that they did. Habla de un pacto que ellos hicieron. It says in verse 3, Now let us make a covenant before our God. Dice en el versículo 3, Vamos a hacer un pacto antes de Dios. A covenant un pacto. is not only an agreement, no es solamente un acuerdo, but a legal contract. Pero es un contrato legal. Right? So if you enter si tú entras, into an agreement, you sign on the dotted line. Right? Y firmas en la línea. If you happen to break that contract, si tú rompes ese contrato, there are fees that are going to be involved. Yes. Hay algunos deberes que te van a tocar. Even if you break it by a little. <laughs> you just break, you break the contract. <laughs> Even if it's just a little sin. <laughs> or a big sin. There's still breakage in the contract. So if you break that contract. There are fees involved. If you break that covenant. Si rompes ese pacto, there are consequences involved. You know the difference between the two? ¿Sabes la diferencia entre los dos? That the lawyer is out to get you. God is out to help you. Pero Dios wow. quiere ayudar. Wow. Even by you breaking the covenant, God is still there. There will be consequences. El pacto, Dios quiere but God is still there to help you out. You know the difference, the difference in covenants or the difference in contracts? That yours was signed in ink. This contract went 
This covenant with you and me was signed with the blood that Jesus shed at the cross. So no matter what, the covenant that he has made with you will never be broken. You may break yours with his, but he will never break his with you. Those things that he's promised you, those things that he's promised you are sure to come to pass. But it has to be a character that we must build in the process of it. There has to be something that we have to do in order to reclaim those things that God has promised us. There has to be a encounter with God all over again. There has to be an authentic uh, uh, repentance with us and God. In order for Him to be waiting for us with the best robes, with the best sandals, and the best rings. Because His covenant, His agreement will never be broken with you. His covenant, His agreement, come on, will never be broken with you. I'm going to finish with this. God's covenant with all his people takes me back to the first point. A reencounter. God wants us to reestablish a relationship. Not a friendship, a relationship. See, a friendship is somebody you visit every once in a while. A relationship is something or someone you want to see on a daily basis. See, I'm friends with my wife, yes. But I have a relationship with my wife. I want to see my wife every day. Not just once in a blue moon. We have to be the same. We have to have a relationship with God. We establish a relationship. Not superficial. But authentic. Heartfelt. In order for all the promises that God has for you and for me to come to pass. Listen, what God started in your life, church. Be sure you finish it. But you gotta go back to your first love. If you've disconnected from God, you gotta go back to your first love. If you've disconnected from God, in order for you to repent authentically, you have to know the person you're repenting to. You have to have a relationship with that person. You have to have a connection with that person. You don't just repent to somebody that you don't know. I don't know sorry. If I don't know you, I'm going to repent for something that, what? No. I have to know the person that I'm repenting to. Let's go ahead and stand, please.